When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Footlocker's Club with Bryce, Michael, and Ivy. I know a story of high strangeness or two. <laughs> Let's do this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests, lately, mostly just each other, and share (laughs) stories uh, about their personal paranormal history and also stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And returning to the show for the first time in February, it feels Woo. like mm-hmm. super producer Riley Bray. Hey, everybody! Yeah, <laughs> nice. back. you sound like you just got off a boat. <laughs> I pretty much did, honestly. Getting my seat. Hey, hey, uh, hey uh, it's Riley Bray, everybody. I missed you. It's good to be back. Um, Nashville is coming for the BCC boys. Oof, yeah, it's true. You, One yeah, way or Bryce, another. You, You've developed your deep love of Nashville now as well. Oh my God, I love Nashville. Love oh, Nashville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to be back. Good. You to were be out back. there. You've been out there working for a few weeks, which is why you haven't been around. It's yes. not because you don't love our, our club scouts. No, 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 no. Not that at all. No. And it's man, I missed you guys. And the uh, the last episode, the deep dive on the Skinwalker Ranch. While I was scoring that, I would like half the time I was like, man can't believe i missed this i know it was tough <laughs> it was really hard and the whole time i was yeah. thinking boy we really are making riley work on this episode that he's not even you here really for. were also yeah i real i i realized that i had to score an hour and a half of show I, I that was awesome, an hour Those to go to the airport dope. i so gave I, you a heads up a week in did, advance you did. you did you did but that didn't mean that i realized it you know what i mean no. No, but had you not done that, I probably wouldn't have realized it at all. So thank you, you know, for keeping me on track. But well, perfect oh, opportunity. What were your feelings about this return to Skinwalker Ranch? Do you have any hot takes? I I really think we should go there, you guys. Oh, no way in hell I would go there after what I just <laughs> reported on. Are you fucking kidding me? You want to get the contagion, bro? No. no, bro, bro, you want to get that bro, contagion? Dude, I'm, oh, you no, want to get no, that you, you guys, I'm, I'm not bringing I'm no dog men home. Yeah, yeah, you don't want, you don't want a I'm dog good. man digging around yeah. in your uh, studio no, down there? Yeah, digging around in your garbage cans? No, no, no. I don't know. Dog man make a good, like, drummer, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Riley just, that would be a Riley. <laughs> yeah, that would be a Riley thing to do to go to Skinwalker Ranch, bring home a dog man, and then form a band with the dog <laughs> man. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Wolf Brothers, but, that's the band. Wolf Brothers. That, that is the band Wolf rule. Brothers. That's, yeah. That has to happen now. That That's has to happen. Great. Now we need a band t shirt. This is Wolf yeah. Brothers. Good luck with, with that. All of us playing in a band together naked with yeah. the naked dog man. 
where we can what? all see each other's dicks. Yeah, so the now, first album is called The Beast naked? of Bray Road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it all works out. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Now we have four, like three bands that we so can't we need, keep we up with. To, we need a label to put out all these records. <laughs> God. No, we actually, actually, we need music. <laughs> actually, we have a label. You don't we need music, do. Bryce. You just need a label. Trust me. Yeah. But Riley, we do have a oh, label. We do. we do have a we label. Are, we do. We've got a release. We put that. out one go. song. <laughs> That's so funny. And we never finished signing up to receive the royalties. No, we still get notifications. I don't feel so bad. I don't feel notifications. Michael and Riley were like, Bryce, you got to sign up. You don't want to miss out on your royalties on your club Bryce hit, right? And I was like, no, no, I got to. Bryce, you're the reason we have it. (laughs) Yeah, actually, you are. (laughs) Here's me quietly deleting. Emails oh, from you know Bandcamp or whatever the music whatever, platform is. Whatever. It's reminding us to yeah. sign up That's so to get royalties, guys. Sorry, we we're, we're catching up. The art, guys. You know, we haven't talked in a while. You know, it's been a couple of weeks since the three of us have been together. So there you go, guys. I'm excited because as of not this recording, but when this drops tomorrow, February 24th is mm. Twin Peaks Day. Oh wow! Mm. And that is. Not the anniversary of when Twin Peaks first aired. It's the 33rd anniversary of Laura Palmer's murder. Oh. Which happened on February February 24th, 1989. So the pilot takes place on that day. And so I'm continuing a now annual tradition of tonight, if you're listening to this episode... I'm going to rewatch Fire Walk with me, which is the prequel, which cool. you should not watch unless you've seen season one or Definitely. probably the first two it. seasons of Twin Peaks, right? Uh, because it 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 spoils Bryce. the the murder mystery, Bryce, which okay, you don't so, want. So spoiled. I can't watch anything. Okay, no, good. No, no good. not for you. But in not the pilot, you. Bryce, this, this is for the I... students that have done their homework. So you know. But Bryce, in the morning, the morning of tomorrow, as of this episode dropping. You should revisit and watch the Twin Peaks pilot and then consider getting into it and maybe watching a couple episodes a week. And I think I'm going to do a deep dive revisit into Twin Peaks. I have the Diary of Laura Palmer book. I have Twin Peaks, the final dossier. I have like two other books written by Mark Frost about the history of Twin Peaks. I think... I'm getting back into it and committing full time this year. Wow. Okay. Great. Great. Cool. Because I haven't, as we all know, look, I grew up with Twin Peaks being on the fringes. I was too young and scared to watch it the first time around. I came to it about four or five years ago and discovered, oh, this is my favorite show of all time. And I've rewatched the pilot multiple times. I've watched Firewalk with me multiple times, but I haven't done a back-to-back complete rewatch. Mm. And I think I'm going to do it this year because I miss I miss that world. I miss those characters, and I want to read all the ancillary material that comes with it. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. So that's that sounds like opportunity knocking. If I'm going to get into Twin Peaks, maybe now's this the is time. the year. I think now's yeah. the time. And we don't look. We don't have to do any extra Patreon episodes about it. We don't have to do. I mean, maybe we could do a Patreon TV club where we just talk about the pilot. You know, but we don't look. It's a it's a soft commitment where maybe we just chat about it 
for a couple minutes during every episode of the mm. main show. Like we don't, there's no, it's, I want it to be pleasurable and fun for you, but I think it's time. Mm. Remember we've said 2022 is a year of fulfillment. And I think Bryce, you got, <laughs> you got to get into twin peaks. Okay. It's everything you've ever wanted in you one will. show. You will love it. So <sighs> the much. hype is so built up now. It's like, you know, it but yeah, up, I'll, I'll think about it. it. I'm and gonna- look, the You'll stuff, the stuff where you go, the stuff where you go. Oh, this it feels, feels like a little... sales talk. I feel like I'm on the other line of a sales talk. Look, it's hey, like, look, 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 sixty seconds to, to sell Twin Peaks. My wife. Let me just talk with my wife about it. Okay, no, 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 we'll... don't. You don't need to talk to her. No. Look, Twin I got to talk with her to get the Twin decision, and uh, I'll call you back. I mean, can you just no, no, put no. that sixty for me seconds to sell Twin Peaks? That's the new. That's the new segment. We just try to get Bryce. You got to get into it, man. You got to get into it. It's now or never. So think about okay. it. Okay. February 24th, I'll be watching in the morning with my coffee, my damn fine coffee, and 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 pie. And you can text with Drive me as we're watching to together. No. <laughs> don't walk to school, okay? Right. All of this is to say that, Bryce, tomorrow morning, I will be watching with my coffee, maybe some pie, and if you want to sit down on the couch and we can text together, live text a pilot together. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Of of Twin Peaks. Riley, you're obviously invited. I'll then we should do it. You know. Great. Well, no. Remember, this is next oh, week. Next week, I probably won't be on. Oh, yeah. Let's do yeah. it then. Hey, and the maybe future. we'll we're put it. Maybe, maybe I'll, to make it fun, I'll be putting up clips on the Bigfoot Collectors Club Instagram live or whatever you call it. Maybe I'll do a little live. Hello. Like I'm going to celebrate like Twin that. Peaks Day, okay? That's what I'm saying. Here, here. So if you've seen Firewalk with me, watch it with me tonight. If you haven't, wait to watch the pilot tomorrow because the movie will spoil who the killer is and you don't want to do that. But I'm going to watch it because it happens chronologically the night before the morning that Laura Palmer's body is found. Does that make sense to everybody? Perfect sense. <laughs> Great. Sure. On board. 100%. It would, Bryce, if you were listening and if you fucking <laughs> gave me a chance for Twin Peaks. <laughs> Woo! Oh, boy. Uh, Boys, uh, it's an L-Files episode. That means no guest this week. Um, Riley's basically our guest uh, this week because we haven't <laughs> caught up with him in a while. And look, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I want to keep things a little more intimate this year. We're yeah. definitely going to have cool guests. We've had totally. some cool guests, but not every week needs to be a guest episode. Okay? I want to hang with you guys and the Club Scouts. And that means that before we dive into some very cool stories that we got sent in and some BCC news items. It's time for a quick little tiny bit of clubhouse keeping. Great. Let's get out the broom. Let's get it out. And uh, you're going to need to wear some clothes while you're sweeping up. So sport your love for Bigfoot Collectors Club by heading over to our merch shop at Tee Public and grabbing some teas and some mugs and some stickers. Click the link tree in our bio on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club or Twitter at Bigfoot Pod or the link in our show notes or go to wearecampfire.media and smash that shop button. Smash Join it. Our- Smash it. So join our Patreon, BCC The Other Side. For five bucks a month, you get three bonus episodes, plus access to our entire backlog of exclusive BCC sods. 
which is around like 178 drops now. Uh, on our latest Patreon drop, we took a look at the Dirkmont Woods UFO encounter from Scotland as part of our Northern Fright series. And official announcement, guys. Mm-hmm. Beginning in March, we're going to launch an official second tier, which will unlock the soundtracks that Riley composes for our stories of high strangeness each and every week, Mm. including some of our past favorites. Mm -hmm. So for $9 a month, you'll get tier one, which is a minimum of three bonus episodes every month, access to the entire archives, and then tier two, weekly soundtracks of high strangeness from one Mr. Riley Bray. Also, we might throw in some other more avant-garde experimental podcast stuff maybe maybe bryce and i are going to get in on this action mm-hmm. we're still working out the kinks but that's the idea we threw up that sample episode on the patreon a couple weeks ago people loved it i loved it my sister shout out sarah texted me and said thank you for putting that sierra sound soundtrack up there because i was thinking about how good it was when i was listening to it nice how about good. that that's family fantastic. official mcmillan family recommendation uh, so we're going to launch that beginning Wednesday, March 2nd. So I'm going to give you guys a little hot tip. If you're thinking about joining the Patreon, do it on Wednesday, March 2nd, because we charge our listeners up front at the beginning, beginning of every month. So if you join this week, you're going to get charged for this month, and then you're going to get charged again at the beginning of the month. So look, we're letting you know, wait till March 2nd, wait till March 1st. Or March 2nd, mm-hmm. join the That's Patreon, perfect. sign up for nine bucks, get both tiers, get the full Bigfoot Collectors Club goodie bag, um, and and enjoy. And you know what? If you don't like it, if it's not what you wanted, you can cancel. You yeah, can just cancel put it back after on the shelf. Put it back totally. on the shelf. Put it back on the shelf. Also, Give honestly, us. if you're really diligent with your laptop, you could join for a month and download our entire catalog and then just cancel it and we would still be happy that you did that. I mean, I would not. I'd be a little <laughs> bummed, but it's within I mean, your rights. We would, we would appreciate it if you stayed. And guess Patreon what? Tips Here's the thing. It, look, we get it. Times are tough. Like, yeah. if you want to throw down nine bucks and buy yourself, like, the whole fucking bonus features of Big for Collectors Club, do it. I also, me. guess what, guys? I know all y'all have been doing some of that in the past. That's why we charge up front now. <laughs> Because oh, a lot of you would sign up for a month and then duck out before you got charged. Also true. You guys also ruined true. it. You guys ruined it for everybody else. This is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't. Have, but listen, uh, all support for the show goes much, much appreciated. And guys, there's like you can have almost double the amount of Bigfoot Collectors Club uh, mm-hmm. for what you're getting right now. And you'll be supporting the show. You'll be actually. This is the thing I think people don't understand that that that's what keeps the show going. Yes. <laughs> that's why we make more episodes. It is literally listener supported. Yes, we have sponsors every now and then. Sponsorships are great. Sponsorships are not keeping the boat afloat here. Okay? <laughs> it's you guys. This is a crowd-funded experiment. So, so if true. you've been listening for 4 years and some change <laughs> and you haven't tried if you haven't supported, this is like the public radio pledge here. <laughs> Do it as pledge month, everybody. Do it one month. See if you like it. We will really, really appreciate it. We notice. Okay? Yes. We notice. And it 
gives us momentum. Okay. Enough guilt tripping. We're yeah. giving you a whole other tier. You're gonna get fucking awesome ambient music. I'm so excited. Once for that. a week, I'll tell you guys. I'm really excited, and I'll 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 tell you about how I make it and what I'm thinking. Yeah, about you get fun, cool thing. notes from Riley. It's great. Fun. I promise, it's fun. It'll guys, be great. All right, and I'm excited for you guys to listen to this weird improvisational music that I'm forced to make every week. <laughs> it's a nice, it's a nice thing. Yes, support Riley. Make him feel better about having to do this. Okay. Also, don't forget to follow BCC on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And please give us a five-star review. If you do, we may read it on the show like this one from Apple Podcast. Bryce. It's for reals, Troy Mattingly writes. BCC is the best paranormal podcast out there. It's the real stuff, son. Five stars. Hell yeah, Troy. Troy knows what I got to do. Troy knows how to write a review. That's right. Troy. Troy, one question. Are you a member of the other side? Ah, <laughs> he called about individual. Troy wrote a Are five you? star. He's Troy, good. Troy, if you if you join, we we'll see it. it. Yeah. Troy, you know. come we'll March second. We're talking to you, Troy. <laughs> we'll see it. Okay, uh, enough's enough for that. Club Scout, <laughs> house, Club Scout, Club Scout clean, Club Scout cleaning Club over. Scout. Okay, cleaning. I took, I did, I took everyone Club out in the yard cleaning. and I hosed them down, and I was <laughs> like, get in your bunks, no marshmallows tonight. <laughs> That's dark. Good. Very good. Yeah. All right. It's time, Riley, get ready. It's time for some BCC News. All right. So I wanted to begin this uh, segment off by recapping. Uh, a weird story that had been happening for the past couple weeks and Riley or and Bryce actually mm. both of you boys I meant to bring this up uh, a week or two ago and then I forgot uh, I don't know if you saw the story that came out of Westmoreland Pennsylvania where a woman had captured a mysterious chupacabra like animal we're talking the dog chupacabra here oh, not yeah, the okay. lizard alien on her property in pennsylvania she sent it over to the rescue no everyone took a look at this dog-like entity <laughs> creature cryptid <laughs> and no one could identify it right so people were saying oh it's some sort of hybrid maybe it's a chupacabra well uh, the, 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 oh, and I'm then pretty what sure happened, the lady behind the vet's desk wasn't like, maybe it's a chupacabra. <laughs> yeah. That was the I, first thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, everyone has access to the internet these days, including right, the show. So right. you never know who, who's, who is a chupacabra suspector and who's Fair not. Enough. Fair enough. So the rescue takes this thing in. They do a little, draw a little blood to do a DNA sample. This thing chews through its pen and escapes back into the wild. So Hell they yeah. lose they lose it. But the the DNA results came back this past week as of this recording and it turns out it was 100% coyote. It's a coyote. <laughs> it was a coyote with mange which a lot of these chupacabras that people are like what is this or is this a baby bigfoot? No, that's a bear mm. with mange. That's a that's a coyote with mange. But for a while there, people were very stumped as to what animal this woman had found. But indeed, coyote. So right. at the end of the day, a lady found a sick, sad coyote. Yes, a very sad coyote. 
with a very strong will to live. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are all that coyote, aren't we? Well, you know, just a recap for the for the fans and for those who don't know, there's really two kinds of chupacabras. There's the one that originated in Puerto Rico, which, like you said, Michael, is more like uh, like the creature from the movie Species with Natasha Hentridge. It's you know you keep saying that, but it is not a hot naked lady walking around. It's more of a reptilian gray. Let's just make that clear because people are going to think. And then there's people are going to go out looking for chupacabras when you when you describe (laughs) them that way. Well, you can hear us talk more about chupacabra if you go back to BCC 33 with special guest Tom Length. There you go. Um, All right. Another weird story uh, over the past week. I don't know if you guys saw this one. This one is pretty, I mean, it could turn out to be a natural phenomenon that's just very strange. Right. This is from the Washington Post, although it was reported first elsewhere, I think. Uh, a viral video of birds falling from the sky sparked countless theories, but there's a likely answer. The rese- residential street in Kuatimak, Ku- yeah, let me make sure I'm saying that right. Kuatimak, I'm going to say, yes, a city in the Mexican state of Chihuahua some 216 miles away from Texas, was seemingly quiet when, in one fell swoop, (laughs) a cloud of birds suddenly dropped from the sky. Now, this is on video. We're going to put a link to this in the show notes. You can watch this or just Google Mexican birds fall out of the sky and something will come up. Hmm. In a matter of seconds, most of the birds flew upward, but scores of others were left as black and yellow corpses on the ground. The eerie and bizarre scene captured by a surveillance camera on February 7th has gone viral. It has also sparked an online debate over what could have possibly caused the birds to so abruptly plummet to their deaths. Hmm. Now, you guys watch this video. What is your take on this? Oh, it's just fucking creepy, man. Um, It's I don't know. That doesn't seem natural. If it is, it must have something to do with electromagnetism. I mean... Um, you know, cause don't all birds have that sort of, okay, here we go. Uh, don't, don't birds got that crazy gyro <laughs> in their got, brains. You can short them with it. If you get a couple car batteries yeah, in a microwave, you run it for two minutes, it's going to short them out. This is well, our basically. character, the, uh, the Southern PhD. Uh, oh yeah. Our, uh, redneck scientist. It hasn't oh, been around for God. a while. <laughs> He's back. Redneck yeah. scientist is back after a, uh, pre pandemic hiatus. It ain't natural. Um, I mean, you're not far off price because I think what scientists think is this was basically just like an instance of like one clumsy bird throwing off a lot of other birds. Oh, really? Um, really? I mean, I'm exaggerating, but so the theories back to the post article here being bandied about online range from electrocution after smacking into a power line to okay, more outlandish that. suggestions, such as interference of 5g technology <laughs> or, right, right. or a collision. <laughs> Guys, I can't believe this is actually in the Washington Post. This is why you shouldn't doubt a uh, receptionist's belief in a chupacabra or a collision with an invisible spaceship. That one. Yeah. It's oh, that yep. one. <laughs> you know when your Definitely gut just that. rings out and you're like, yeah. and you're like, that's what it is. That's yeah. what I get that with that a UFO. Yeah. A yeah, local. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for that. You guys also sidebar sidebar on the plane today. I talked to a lady and she showed me a photograph of a ufo that she took that blew my fucking mind oh really like so i was like we have to like i need this for my podcast i told her all about it so stand by i will try it i'm trying to get this photo from great 
random. Oh no way! Oh, that's but great. It's, it's the best like cell phone UFO photo. Okay, I've well, ever. describe it. What kind of disc? It, what kind was, of craft? It was like a not quite disc, but like large craft. Um, uh, silver <clears throat> metallic, clean like you know, kind of clean lines like um, disc shaped, but a little bit more. I don't know, like the SoFi Stadium, maybe. Let's say you know. What oh, I mean? like uh, a Chevron or boomerang shaped ish yeah okay and classic like flying cloud, sounds like a classic flying saucer to me you got a, you got a cs on your hands it yeah. was pretty it was pretty cs yeah and i mean truly i was like blown away by this so i i, I got we followed each other on instagram i will try to get you guys that photo but it great was awesome. love it crazy yeah it so sounds like I, a like, very fun meet cute in a uh paranormal isn't it kind of, it kind of romantic fun to be comedy like, i'm a paranormal <laughs> podcaster it is. It is. <laughs> it's a fun icebreaker. It only works in so many rooms. <laughs> it works in every room. Actually, yeah, that's true. If, that's if you know true. how to work the room. Yeah. Well, so anyway, uh, uh, no, this is great. I love it. Let's see that picture. But um, back to this story. Oh Zoo technician suggested the birds had died from inhaling toxic gas uh, created by pollution. Um, but ornithologist from Cornell named Kevin J. McGowan said that the only thing that makes sense was that the birds were fleeing from a predator and some mistakes were made in their escape. This was truly an oops moment for the birds, he said. A really big oops moment. This is when Um, scientists sound so dumb, right? It's like... (laughs) Uh, they must have made an oopsie. They've done an oopsie. Escaping a pre- this is a classic bird oopsie. Classic escaping oopsie. a predator. It's like, dude, something anomalous happened here. I mean, I've yeah. never seen anything like that. It looks like just they were struck down in this burst of air or something like i i don't know it, you well, gotta look, watch the video it's so, crazy <clears throat> the, the 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 whatever makes him drop is off camera but mcgowan said that the robin sized birds quote unquote have the same goal so they agree to move in the same direction much like sure. a school of fish or an angry mob so when they are being attacked by a predator such as falcons hawks and owls all of which inhabit chihuahua the birds inch closer together to create a tight-knit pack And then he says, the big flocks can make these quick twisting motions, move together very quickly. They're all following the one right next to them uh, who makes the most decisive move. They're wingtip to wingtip in this tight bunch that makes it harder for the predators to actually pick one out and keep up with it. But their survival mode is not always foolproof. They can sometimes misjudge their speed or distance from sky to ground, resulting in the uncommon but not unheard of visual of a flock of birds being dumped from the sky. They took a hard turn and they crashed into the ground. No mm. way. They just like derped. They were just like, they derped. <laughs> it's what you could call a real derp moment. Man, wow. I don't know. Birds. I, Come I'm on, no birds. Get it together. Get it yeah. together, birds. All right, I guess I, got, I guess I got to defer to the bird scientist then, right? I mean, I Bryce, I, like I got a visible UFO. I like it. And I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm working Bryce, on yeah. the evidence to prove it. Oh, I okay, do th- bird, bird scientist. Wait a minute. I guess that's what it was. Bryce, you can't. You know big bird, Bryce. Bryce, you can't mock an ornithologist when something like the rest of us don't understand happens. He literally is the expert, buddy. He yeah. is the expert. Did you even know the word ornithologist before Michael just said it? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Nice. All right. All right. You're up on big bird. All right. All right. That wraps up our BCC News segment. We're going to get into some... Uh, questions and some letters from our listeners uh before we get into the deep l files 
Um, we do have a couple comments and questions from listeners that I thought were worth addressing. Bryce, why don't you kick it off with uh, this question from listener Ross? Sure. It's about a Ouija. In the decades before The Exorcist made us scared of Ouija, Ouija, however you like to say it, millions of people innocently used the boards without closing them properly or drawing circles of protection or taking any other precautions. If you believe the Ouija is a portal to evil, then a lot of evil spirits must have been released during these decades of careless, unfettered Ouija use. So... Is that why we had World War II or the bomb or the rise of international terrorism? Look at the timeline. The board was introduced in the 1890s, and the 20th century quickly became the most violent, evil period in human history. Might the Parker brothers actually set off the apocalypse? I'm mostly joking, but I'll probably be thinking about this as I try to go to sleep tonight. Love the show, Ross. Thank you, Ross. Yeah, you know, hey, man, I'm down for that. Let's blame the Ouija. I mean, I think that's a case of correlation, not causation. I would say <laughs> causation of the slow collapse of society is maybe late stage capitalism. Yeah, a little but, late know. stage capitalism, a bit of systemic issues that have been running rampant throughout the 20th century. <laughs> I, I want to go that- with unclosed Ouija portals. <laughs> <laughs> It's so obvious, guys. It's your boards. It's all your fault. (laughs) Now, are the Parker brothers, uh, you know, are they part of of the apocalypse in in terms of late stage capitalism? Yeah, sure. I mean, they're part of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, We're all part of it. We're all part of it. That would be a good uh, conspiracy theory for uh, Lizard People podcast with uh, Kate Hempstead. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, But look, I love this stuff because it does seem. Let's be honest, there was a lot of strange occult activity leading up to and around the 1940s, World War II. Um, Obviously, there was stuff with, you know, uh, uh, magic orders and rituals. You know, we've heard about Aleister Crowley maybe summoning the Loch Ness Monster. Absolutely. You know, that perhaps L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons were out in the desert opening a portal for the alien greys to come through. Lamb, who used to speak to uh alistair crowley now is this all you know half jo- I, I i'm with you ross i'm kind of half joking here but there does it is one could not feel you know uh guilty for thinking that something <laughs> weird happened at the beginning of the the last century to bring in all of this strange shit um, but I do think it is actually probably much more pedestrian, um, human, it's, and it's the industrial revolution. Yeah, it's the yeah, industrial. I think it is the industrial yeah, revolution. Yeah. But, but to Michael's fun. to Michael's point, Ross, and look, I like where you're going with this. There does seem to be something with this, like <laughs> not not clo- well. Hold on, let me finish. Not closing portals properly. We got to close those portals, guys. Uh, whether it's them. at Skinwalker Ranch or in your own home playing Ouija, or or if you're flushing the, the toilet. With the- if you're flushing close, the, that close the lid before you flush, guys. Yeah. Google Google what happens. Google what <laughs> happens if you don't close the, the lid when you flush. Oh my god. It's wild. It okay, is wild. not good. Okay? Close those portals. Jesus. You gotta close the portal. Never leave an open portal. A flock of birds go down in there. Or? <laughs> yeah, look it up. Look at the. Uh, I will not Bryce, look it up. Thank the particle. Bryce, uh, fecal microbe spray okay. everywhere. Right. Six feet in the air. Easily. No, sixteen feet. 16. 
Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It goes everywhere, buddy. Okay. Hashtag right. shut Let's, the lid. Oh, hashtag close that portal. <laughs> close that portal is way better. Oh. Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag close that portal. Let's make that a thing. <laughs> There's no! gonna, cut no! to Bryce yelling at everyone in the family <laughs> to slam the toilet lid down. <laughs> no, you gotta shut it. You gotta shut it before you flush. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Yeah, it goes everywhere. Okay, Riley, right. we got <laughs> we have uh, we have uh, a commenter from the other side, yeah. Christopher. Right, this is, yeah, this is from Christopher who wrote in on the other side, and he said, a "Longtime listener." First time commenter. Thanks, Christopher. Nice to have you aboard. And thanks hey, for BCC supporting the crew. show. And yet, thank you. Truly, Christopher, we see you. Hey, BCC crew. I was wondering if any of you had heard of the Black Forest haunting. If not, maybe it could be a possible topic of high strangeness. From what I read, heard, it was a series of unexplained phenomenon that happened to a family in their Colorado home in the 90s. I recently started listening to Campfire, Tales of the Strange, and Unsettling podcast. And they had an episode about it. It reminded me of something similar to Stardust Ranch or Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know hmm. what Stardust Ranch is. That's me talking now. Uh, they said it's a rainbow vortex or something like that. Also, don't know what a rainbow vortex is, but I definitely want to. Um, all right. Cool. Well, there you go. I'm putting that on my possible episodes idea list. Yeah, uh, homework for you guys. Black Get to Forest it. Haunting. There it is. I, it's on my possible episode ideas. So thank Christ, you for that. Can you please also explain to me what a rainbow vortex is? And I would also like to know what Stardust Ranch is. So I, I don't... I don't know either of those. Uh, I could, said. I could guess. It, I could postulate. Bryce, uh, you what, have an assignment what, for next month. It's your assignment. What is a rainbow portal? I'm not sure what that. We means. need to know. We need to know what a rainbow vortex is. And Stardust Ranch definitely sounds like. That sounds like maybe. a uh, a bunny ranch, like out in Vegas, like <laughs> where you. It sounds like, like where BJ and the Shadow Bats would record yeah. their debut. Absolutely, album. that's like BJ's. Like, Stardust. Hope we like the girls here. That's that's <laughs> BJ's. That's BJ's Graceland. Is right. Stardust exactly. Ranch. Stardust Ranch, yeah. Speaking we of need Graceland, to know what that did is. you guys watch oh, yeah. the new trailer for the new Elvis movie by Baz Luhrmann? Holy oh, shit. Oh, with no, uh, oh. Hanks as Tom Parker? Uh, Tom Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker, and Austin Taylor plays the king himself. It looks so fucking good. Cannot oh, wait man. for that. Yeah. Um, I sent Bryce a, uh, an image of a nude v- uh, a Velvet Elvis painting today, full frontal, and he loved it. <laughs> That's I'm not gonna lie. Thing. I'm not gonna lie. I liked it. I liked it's it. Like, Immediately hearted and said, "I need this." Hard um, yeah. Okay. So this came in. We've got a letter from. Uh, uh, oh boy. Um, where is the? Oh boy. He wrote in, and I said, "Yes, I got this. Don't worry." And now, um. Is this? Oh, this is Renee. Yes. Okay. This came in from listener Renee. A couple of years ago, I sent in a story uh, about my parents seeing a ghost walking on the side of the road wearing a prisoner uniform. Now I realize I assigned gender to Renee and I apologize. He, she, or they, I'm not sure. Black and white stripes while holding a ball and chain. I do remember this story. I wanted to send this article that we stumbled upon. More sightings of the man and more paranormal going on, goings on. Uh I think I got to go camping out there. Thanks for the podcast, Renee. Now, this is an article that Renee sent in about Oregon's Van Duzer Corridor. And it says it has had hundreds of years, had years, sorry, of bizarre paranormal Mm. activity. I'm going to read from this article uh, from Oregon Life. Check this out. 
Van Duzer, that's a good bad guy name. Like, totally. so like Ghostbusters 3, Van <laughs> Ghostbusters, or like someone Arnold Schwarzenegger would be hunting down <laughs> right, in right. the 80s. Right. So Van is Oregon's Duzer. Van Duzer Corridor haunted? Does this stretch of Highway 18 near Lincoln City have its own Area 51? I've been in Lincoln City. Locals talk about a secret government facility in the Coast Range, one with dark winding roads leading up to nothing but a huge fence. Individuals are said to appear and disappear on the road and one person insists that his car was taken over and began to drive by itself. This would be years before Tesla automated driving was a thing. Bigfoot has been rumored to hang out here too, huh. although his legend pales in comparison to some of the other creepy stories surrounding Highway 18. For example, people have been seeing everything from weird lights to army bases somewhere in the woods. Uh, rumor has a pair of uh, uh, says that a pair of uh, has a pair driving through the winding, twisty roadway and feeling like their car. I think they meant couple was controlled by some unseen force. Another tale has two Seattle friends telling him, telling a person that they spotted what looked like a secret military base while hiking in the woods near what was the tiny hamlet of Boyer, Oregon, hmm. or Boyer. Uh, I was just assuming Boyer was watching people make love um, in the same room. Um, there is actually a hidden ghost town in Van Duzer Corridor as well, purportedly somewhere just east of Rose Lodge. Um, yeah, so it looks like this place is pretty creepy. Uh, UFOs being spotted. I don't know. Let's check out the Van Duzer Corridor. What a cool name. Yeah, That's that a is cool. cool. Name and we should go there. That's all I'm Let's saying. do it. Here's the, actually, Bryce, why don't you read the story, an eyewitness story from that area uh, that was submitted to Roadside America here? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. And then I might just put that on my possible episodes idea list as well. The Van Duzer right. Corridor. Love it. Getting some great tips here from our listeners. Okay, here we go. My wife and I regularly travel this section of road to and from work, often at night. We know from Lincoln City to home is a 45-minute drive. One night, we left after a bite at Maxwell's in Lincoln City and headed home. The band was playing their last song. The time was 2 a.m. We both noted that and calculated to ourselves the arrival home time at about 2.45 a.m. We're musicians and had finished our evening gig earlier that night. Upon arriving home, I stepped into the kitchen and glanced at the clock. 4.30 a.m. I turned to check the battery-operated one on the opposite wall. It also read 4.30. My wife had yet to make it in the door. She was visiting with the dog on the porch. I stepped back out and inquired, Hey, honey, what time do you think it is? About 2.45-ish, she replied. How about 4.30? No way. Yeah, wow. Uh, I'd call that some missing time, if anything. Yeah, I mean... I will say I'm also a musician and it has happened many times where I'm like, is it about two 30 and it's about four 30 and I'm like, Oh shit. So. Right. Plus there's a lot of drugs and drinking involved too. And musicianship. (laughs) Not even drugs and drinking, just sleep (laughs) deprivation mainly. Right. But right. You know, the time between two and four is pretty nebulous. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But it's only a 45 minute drive. That's a, yeah, they well, did they're saying they they're saying they left clocked to that too. They were like, "Oh, we should be back around two forty-five, You know, like it was it was pointed. 
That's true. All right, that's true. That's true. Maybe well. the maybe there was a power outage while they were gone. I don't know. Strange. I mean, were they were abducted? It, yeah. I mean, if you start having weird, crazy, you know, vivid dreams about uh, things happening to you on a desolate stretch of road, you might want to go get regressed. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's an opportunity for regression. It's, look, it, look, it's just it is what it is. It's an opportunity for a regression session. And uh, you take being it? in a band yes. or. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's definitely a regression session. <laughs> no doubt about that. All I right. Mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to you guys. I'm not trying to discredit your story. I'm just making a joke. No. Yeah. I, you probably should get regressed. See what yeah. happens. Yeah. Just find out. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time to listen to some L files. Some listener files from you, our dear club scouts. We'll be right back. All right, guys, it's time to get into your L files. These are listener stories about personal paranormal experiences that happen to you guys. If you have a personal paranormal experience you want to share, and let me tell you, we'd love to hear it, especially right now. Our library is getting a little thin. Write in to mm-hmm. Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com and label it L Files, okay? And we will read it on the air. Keep it, you know, some of these get a little long and we don't, but, keep it tight. you know, keep it look. Yeah. Try to keep it tightish, tightish. Yeah, but like, you know, be poetic, but keep it tight. You listen to the show. If we can yeah. read it in a couple minutes, you know, then great. If it's. Yeah. Six longer if it's longer than like five pages, then forget it's it. Too I'm much. Sorry. Yeah, too much. All right. Uh but please do. Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. All right, here we go. Hi, Bryce, Michael, and Riley. Hope you're all flourishing. Well, thank you very much. I'm a new listener in the strange phase of begrudging fandom, mainly <laughs> because this podcast is bringing up memories of experiences I've had over the years, some transformative, some all too personal. Not a bad thing, but certainly something to process at a slower pace. Thanks for what you do. Hey, man, proceed with caution. That's what I say. Take it at your own pace. All good. We're here, and all our episodes will be here for you. Um, So whenever you hear this episode, here's your story. They say, there is one incident that I've always been curious about and have had no good explanation for. It's trivial enough that it never really comes up in conversations, but I thought you would find this intriguing and perhaps even offer up some explanations as to what was going on there. The incident in question happened halfway through college. When I was visiting, I was a visiting student in the UK. Hey, me too. Due to a housing snafu, I was assigned to a one-bedroom apartment, usually reserved for visiting researchers. My only roommate took the bedroom where, as I slept, and occupied the living room space. A happy arrangement since she was either in her room or out and about. One night in the winter, I woke up feeling cold. The heating was on, but my blanket had been slipped off my shoulders, leaving my upper body uncovered. I slept on my side, facing the windows to the left, but I couldn't move my body at all, either to turn or to use my hands to pull up the blanket. I try to rid myself of the paralysis and the accompanying helplessness by straining the muscles around my eyes, trying to open them wider, but was immediately distracted 
by what felt like an electric current on my back. It was a prolonged electrical shock that did not spread elsewhere, and thus seemed targeted, somehow intentional. After a few more seconds, I realized that said electrical current was trying to move my blanket to cover up my shoulders. It did so by reaching into, reaching is in quotes, into under the folds of the fabric, and then smoothing them out so that the blanket would stretch upwards. This was a terrifying realization, which naturally prompted rationalization. Perhaps the electricity was static from my roommate's hands? But based on our relationship and my knowledge of her schedule, (laughs) not her ability to channel electricity, um, that was me saying that, she'd have neither reason nor occasion to do this for me. Also, the electric sensation was much stronger than mere static and persistent throughout to the point of being almost painful, like tiny needles pricking my skin through clothes. My back eventually went numb along the spine. In addition, there were no audible signs of anyone standing behind me. There were no breathing sounds or footsteps. There was no rustling of clothes either, only quiet night. Somewhere, anticlimactically, the process of moving, somewhat anticlimactically, the process of moving a blanket took a very, very, very long time. So long, in fact, that the fear turned into a weird mix of embarrassment, annoyance, and genuine thankfulness. Please be over. I can do this myself if you let me. It's not that cold anyways. Why are you so bad at this? At least turn down the voltage. Were some of the things I didn't have the courage slash death wish to say out loud, but thought to myself in the moment, There was no sense of the shape of this thing beyond the direction of the electric current, but the characteristics of said electric current were enough to give it kind of a personality, conjuring up an image of something trying their best to be helpful and perhaps even gentle, but kind of doing a bad job at it. It eventually succeeded, however, and my paralysis persisted for some time after the current dissipated. After that, It was another few months. Oh, sorry. Another few (laughs) moments. God, it would have been months for me until I fell asleep again. This happened a few years ago, so the situational details are a bit hazy. I feel like you captured them perfectly. Mm -hmm. But the sensation and the emotions I had during the experience have stayed. Do you have any idea what this could be? Again, it could have been my roommate, all charged up with winter static. Especially because I was unable to turn and observe whom, whatever, was helping me. But the very inefficiency of the moving blanket, the intensity of the electricity, and the very specific way in which the task was accomplished all put me off of the hypothesis that this was a person. Thanks for reading. Stay safe and healthy. Anne. I mean, sounds like an electricity goes to me. yeah a thoughtful electricity ghost i mean look like you gotta stay warm yeah i've been like sometimes i get like a weird i don't know if this happens to you guys but like i get like weird electrical shocks or like um like uh flutters or um like like my muscle feels like it's tensing up or twitching or something when i'm having like a sleep paralysis moment 
but I've never had anything where it felt like the blanket was actually slowly moving upwards and flattening mm-hmm. out no. and covering no. me. Yeah, that's, that's very... I mean, this sounds like some good old-fashioned telekinetic activity if it mm-hmm. wasn't all just part of the sleep paralysis experience. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's possible it was, like, hallucinated, you know? Like, in a semi-dream state of sleep paralysis, you know, maybe? It's possible. Michael, do these, do these like, shadow people that people constantly report in their bedrooms when they wake up in the middle of the night do they ever like is a constant thing do they ever like fix the blankets or do they ever like (laughs) tuck you in at night do they ever tuck you in or or is that like no not really right in fact we always hear stories of blankets being pulled off of people right not in haunted hotels and houses yeah right right you got the one considerate ghost in London. <laughs> right. and, yeah. It's like, I'll just tuck you in then. I'm just an electricity ghost. I'll I was going to way. pull off the blanket, but you looked so cold. I think so cozy. I think we can rule out the static electricity charged up roommate. I think we can definitely rule yeah, that out. Not, Let's not take bad. that off the table. They're off definitely the not. list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So either weird sleep paralysis sensation... But 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 again, like the, the the blanket being wrinkled and then smoothing out is very specific in how long yeah. it took and how long they're aware of it. And plus, let's be honest, England is haunted as fuck. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say mm-hmm. tucking electricity electricity ghost. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Electric tucking in ghost. Yeah, yeah, that's what that was. Yeah. Well, all right. I, I guess like you it. should feel flattered. Good job. You met <laughs> yeah. the one nice ghost in London. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, well, here's a letter dated uh, June 10th, 2008. Now, this was a story submitted, sorry to interrupt, no, by uh, our know. listener, um, Ben. This is from listener Ben, and, and hmm. they had written a document about a something that happened to them back in 2008. So this is that that story here. Yes, this is from Ben. I've chatted with Ben. Ben's a great dude. All right. June 10th, 2008. Back in 2000... (laughs) Great start. Okay. Back in 2008, when I was attending a local community college, I had a UFO sighting. They looked like recently escaped silver-gray balloons for some event, and I never even thought I was seeing UFOs until the very end of the sighting, which lasted maybe four minutes or so. I live in the Salt Lake City area in Utah. Great area. Love Salt Lake and was walking home from the Salt Lake Community College in Taylorsville and was still on the campus when I had the sighting. I was walking home from the college and I saw two quote-unquote balloons over a building to my left. They were in the sky and just there, so I at first thought there was some event which had the balloons tied to something on the top of the building so people knew that this was where the event was. Makes sense. But as I kept walking, the, re- the relation of the balloons to the building I was currently passing wasn't adding up. And once I cleared the building, the balloons were still there. Only this time, they were further away than I had thought, because in the direction they were at, there are no big buildings. I think we're talking about perspective here. Uh, Just suburb homes and businesses. As I was trying to figure out what event the balloons could be for, an airplane passed by. If I recall, it was a Southwest Airlines. And it flew under the balloons. Ah. This gave me some scope. The balloons were hovering over the air traffic for the Salt Lake International Airport. 
and from the fact that they looked like they were either recently escaped balloons, which weren't drifting away and getting smaller, they had to have been bigger than I had first guessed and higher up than I realized, with the airplane passing underneath them. That's good, paying attention to the, 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 the scale and the relations. I looked away a few times, but kept getting drawn to them and would look up to see if I could make heads or tails of them while I was walking. When I cleared the building, there was a parking lot to my left and a field to my right, a neighborhood of homes beyond that, a freeway behind the neighborhood, etc. So I knew there was no way they were balloons once the airplane flew past underneath them. And the last time I looked away briefly, only to look back, they had vanished suddenly, which was very strange for the couple minutes I saw them there. I was very confused by them disappearing suddenly and looking around and finally found them far in the sky to my right, in the direction of the field this time, definitely a few miles away from their first location. They somehow managed to cover this distance in a matter of seconds, and there was a third balloon now. The three of them floated there in a triangular formation, the three of them being points of the triangle. They would drift closer and then away, but never further than a particular distance away. I realized that, and I wondered to myself if they would do anything else, and they soon after my thinking that lined up like they were beads on top of each other. I got the chills as I finally realized what I was seeing was unexplainable and had to be UFOs, and I reached my phone in the side of my backpack. I wanted a picture, and the brief moment of looking away slightly, they vanished for good. I have no idea if I saw a total of three UFOs or five. There's no way of knowing. There's no way to know if two of the three were the same ones I had seen prior to the left of the sky horizon or the two new ones, but I'm pretty sure they were the same. And we're just meeting up with the third UFO. I thought they were gray the whole time up until a certain point. I saw and I saw the sun glinting on their spheres and realized they had to be silver in color. Uh, the whole experience lasted maybe three to five minutes, but when I posted it originally on uh, New Fork? Mm-hmm. New Fork? It's a place, the National UFO Research Center. Thank you, Michael. I said it lasted only a couple of minutes. Nothing happened after with abductions or Ben and Black encounters, but I have had a couple of alien contact-like dreams. I can relate those later if you wish. Nothing happened after with abductions or... Minim- oh, yeah, he said that again. <laughs> we have that line repeated. Uh, and then it is repeated again. Oh, and- fair enough. This might have been my mistake of copying <laughs> yeah, and So there you go. Oh, man, that's um, a great story, though. Wow. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and then Ben's had some, you know, uh, interactions and dreams with some uh, purple-skinned uh, grays like, and some uh, other... Alien entities, it seems, some pale-skinned, blue-eyed aliens. Uh, maybe just dreams. Maybe a contactee. Can't be sure. But what stuck out to me in this story, Bryce, I want to hear your take, is this seems like a, a like classic trickster UFO encounter where you're thinking one thing, and then the thing's like, I know what you're thinking, and then shifts as mm. if to respond to your own mental thoughts, like psychically, like this seems yeah, weird. That, and then they're like, Oh, you want weird? Too. We'll give you weird right now. Yeah. yeah. I got that feeling too, from, from the reading of this story that there seemed to be some type of interplay or acknowledgement of the observer, you know, which is, uh, well put. which is strange. Yes. Yeah. Look, I, I think, 
you know, just being able to observe these things, looking up in the sky, there's so much strange shit going on. And yeah, that does not sound like balloons. A lot of the times, you know, these things are balloons and, and those are probably the most easily mistaken, um, you know, because they kind of drift to and fro. Sometimes it looks like they've stopped. Sometimes they, they have sort of a metallic sheen and, uh, I can look, I can tell a plane right away because it's just moving in a straight line. But when it starts doing weird stuff like that, that's when I really start to take notice. But yeah, yeah, man, it sounds like this is not balloons. And it's, I don't know what, yeah, dude, just more shit in the sky, you know? What I love about the story is that he used perspective to kind of clock the size and distance, you know? And he was like, okay, well, I can see this and I can see that. And then I'm seeing this thing here which judging by those markers is, you know, a ship in the sky, not a tiny sphere, which is, you know, it's interesting. It's exciting. You know, it's a hmm. cool experience. Weird, Weird stuff. Yeah. And then they start to line up and then you go, uh Oh, and then you go home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. never mind. Go to sleep. You drop out of community <laughs> college and you stay in your basement. I'm not uh, doing that anymore. Um, All right, we have, thanks for that, Ben. We have one more letter tonight. Now, Bryce, this is from Nick, listener Nick, who, and I'm going to say this spoiler-free for our listeners who have not heard uh, Zombie Bigfoot Scary 16 Monster Showdown 2. But this is the Nick who sent us an awesome package with uh, some original mugs about the ultimate runner-up of oh, yeah. that competition. So this is our this is a uh, Nick who sent us Christmas gifts uh that we talked about over on the other side recently. So here we go. Why don't you read this one for us, Bryce? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Dear Michael, Bryce and Riley, and if this airs, likely special guest, which no, for tonight no, will be Riley. No. You're no, the special guest. No, no the, yeah, right, you. The, the, the author is the special guest. <laughs> the listeners. Welcome to, welcome to the All show. the listeners, yes. Yeah. Hey, guys. First off, I'm such a huge fan of this podcast. It perfectly blends my two listening loves, comedy with cryptids. For years, I listened to the likes of Sasquatch Chronicles and the Cryptid Keeper and needed more content. I don't remember how I first found you guys, but once I did, I was totally hooked. So much so that I've listened to every episode, and when I was done, I went to the other side to get more. Yes! Yes. Nice work. I really love the in-depth, sincere, and thought-provoking discussions y'all have, and love it even more for the humor and overall production of it. So, thank you. I will continue to listen for as long as you make them, or at least until I finally go get regressed. Uh, Love that. I have had a few interesting bits of high strangeness in my life. I grew up in a small town called Marblehead, Massachusetts. Jen Marblehead. Probably knows of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also the the, uh, hometown of one of my favorite podcasters, Rana Glickman. Shout out to Rana. There you go. Well, it's also the birthplace of the American Navy and has been around since the early colonist days. Almost every house and location is haunted. It's all very, very old. And now I live in Gloucestershire, which is equally so. Gloucester. Gloucester. Okay. Gloucester. What did I say? Gloucester. I would not have known how to pronounce that. Gloucester. Gloucester Mass. Yeah. Gloucester Mass. Okay, great. Unless I'm wrong. And I obviously, listen, if anyone's bad with pronunciation, it's me. Uh, I like, but I do believe it's Gloucester Mass. Okay, I that like sounds the right. That you pronounce right. it like the sauce, you know, <laughs> like Worcestershire yeah, with, with, with a G. With, <laughs> yeah. uh, I live in Gloucester. Yeah, put a little Gloucester uh, sauce on it. It's good. 
I actually just found out about a sea serpent here in Gloucester that hundreds of people saw in the 1800s. Oh. Might be worth a story of high strangeness. You know point. Uncle Michael loves a story of a, oh, good, of yeah. a sea serpent. Love a good well, sea put that serpent. on the you possible do. episodes idea. Yeah. Gloucester sea serpent. Gloucester mass. My real curiosity about paranormal encrypted research started with this story I'm about to tell. I call it the legend of the hell demon and it's something that has haunted me for 20 years or so i apologize for it being a bit long such a metal title it's a great title casually drop like guys call it uh the legend of the hell demon guys it is going to be a little bit of a long letter so i want everybody listening to settle in in. refill their top top yourself off oh boy that is i think that's a euphemism in a different country. <laughs> Sorry about that. If you're listening in England, hey, or do, um, or do, take a moment you know? for yourself. Uh, re- refill the out. snack bowl, yeah. grab some popcorn, and let's we'll all. Down. I do want to say this, just because I want to say this. Let's all settle back and listen to the legend of the Hell Demon. Here we go. It all happened on a very dark, very late night on my drive home from UMass to Amherst. I liked driving very late at night to avoid traffic of really any kind. Plus, I was a college kid. 2 a.m. was still evening to me. I also liked to take back roads, shave a little time off the trip, get better scenery, and in this case, get to drive the S-curves on a road called Shootsbury Road, which goes straight through the town of Shootsbury, Mass., all the way to the top of a hill where there's a tiny little old white, slightly creepy schoolhouse and then back down the other side through some woods and empties out onto route 202 a more major road that brings you to the highway it was on this back side of the hill that i saw what i saw i should mention that at the time i was driving a 1987 subaru that suffered from a common ailment for those cars a valve lifter tick if you've heard it you know what it sounds like but it's vaguely like putting a stick in your bike spokes it was loud constant tick that to be honest scared most humans off so when i came over the crest of the hill and saw eyes shining in my headlight away down the road i figured oh it's a coyote coy dog raccoon fox something it'll run off soon well it didn't in fact it didn't move at all it stood there staring at me standing right on the median line of the road as i literally pulled up and stopped next to it Its only movement was to turn its head as it tracked me. And now, with it directly next to me and my headlights facing away, I could see that its eyes hadn't been reflecting the light, but rather glowing red under their own power. Oh boy. It was not like anything that I knew of in the natural world. It was about the size of a large dog with essentially the same body. It had long, dark, coarse fur hanging from its torso, But if you can imagine where a dog's neck meets the back and chest, just cut the neck and head off and then slap on a disproportionately small, round, almost cat-like head with small, round ears and long, sharp, nail-like teeth that is was happily showing off to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, glowing red eyes. What the fuck? Wait, wait, wait. Let's pause here for a minute. Hold on. Yeah, wait, what? No, so okay, fused to the shoulders of this like dog body, bipedal. It doesn't say never bipedal was never mentioned. Okay, Uh, 
Size uh, of a large dog, a disproportionately body. small, round, almost like bear head, mm. almost cat like head, yeah. small round ears, so like an Ewok with fangs yeah. on a sure. dog's body. What the fuck is this? Okay, go on. <sighs> I said a letter from the lady that found a coyote. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting some context. Uh, this is just an Ewok with mange, guys. That's all this is. <laughs> all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> I sat there for probably five minutes, 100% unsure of what I was looking at. I was essentially a little higher up than eye level with this thing, looking out my thankfully closed DS window. And at best, we were otherwise only a couple of feet apart. But it never once moved, seemed worried about anything else, or did anything but stare back at me, presumably trying to figure out how to get in that noisy, smelly car for a snack. And I sat there staring right back, muttering, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Over and over again. Finally, I realized that I couldn't stay there all night. This thing would certainly win any endurance challenge I threw its way. So still muttering to myself, I started to pull away. Valve lifters ticking loud as I hit the gas. It still didn't move and continued to keep that record as I watched it in my rearview mirror until even the glowing red eyes disappeared into the night. The following two-hour drive home, walk into my parents' house, trip to the bathroom, getting ready and climbing into bed, and until I fell asleep was entirely taken up by that same muttering, what the fuck was that? As I relived that moment over and over and over and still couldn't come up with any thoughts. The following day, I recounted my story to my parents and then had the great idea to call my best friend Matt, who's an avid outdoorsman, arborist, hunter, and naturalist. He said that it sounded like a fisher cat, which I had never seen, and at that point, you couldn't just Google one up. I had to search and search, and finally, I found some pictures of one, and while it had the same kind of face... What I saw was at least three times larger than the biggest fisher. And a fisher cat has a neck, like a pretty pronounced neck. Like it looks like a, is, I don't think ocelot is the right word, but like almost like a cross between a ferret and a cat. Right. Well, yeah, it's not really an ocelot, but it's kind of, it kind of looks like a brown ocelot, to be honest. I have well, no he says, on the subject. he <laughs> says the fisher was out. The fisher was out. So I made a website, www.nickcentric.com forward slash hell demon forward slash in hopes of finding someone who had seen something similar or had tales of a beastie in that area. A few years later, an ex emailed me the story about the main monster, a cryptid wolf-like thing they found dead on a road. And while that looked even more like what I saw, it was still a ways off. So I kept looking and got into cryptozoology and told my story to everyone who would listen. And to this day, I will not drive down that road without at least two cameras, one rolling video and one ready to take stills. When I had my encounter, cell phones didn't have cameras. Yes, I'm old, so I had no way of documenting it. But I'll be damned if I'm not going to capture it, even if it were to happen again. I usually have at least two cameras on me at all points, entirely because of that night. Fast forward about seven years ago, I was going with a college friend back to that area because he was buying a car there. I was going to drive his truck back and he would drive the new car. We were traveling down that road because he knew the best ways to go too. As we went, he said, 
I always get freaked out driving down this road. I asked him what he meant by that. Sure, that I had told him my story, but he responded, Nah, forget it, man. I'm a little embarrassed. So I pressed him and added, You know, this is where I saw that hell demon, right? He looked at me genuinely perplexed. I questioned in disbelief whether I had told him the story, and he said no. So I gave him the abridged version. He looked over at me in shock and said, I I saw almost the same thing. Glowing red eyes, except, and he paused. The thing I saw looked like a bat and kind of hovered down from a tree. I should say that at this point, I was 100% sure he was fucking with me. I was sure that I had told him all the details of my experience before and that he was making some story up to mess with me. This was also before I found out that he has the worst memory of anyone I've ever known. (laughs) But I was also sure that I had never been down this particular road before with him. So when he pointed out the exact same location where he apparently saw this thing, then I saw mine, I nearly pooped myself. That could not be coincidence. Literally the exact same spot, just on the other side of the road where the trees were. So, I I don't know. I've thought about going out there and baiting it or going and talking to the, like, two neighbors who might have seen things, but I've never really found the motivation. I suppose I should, though it's been a solid 20 years now, and I don't really get out there that much anymore. I suppose it'll go down in the annals of cryptid sightings, but I'll tell you, I still see it in my mind, plain as day, and I don't think I'll ever forget it. Anyways... Thanks for the amazing podcast. My lady and I had our first baby 10 months ago, for which I took several weeks off of work, which is where I did most of my podcast listening. And I'll tell you, the only reason I looked forward to returning was so I could catch up on BCC. You guys rule. Cheers, Nick. Well, thank you, Nick, and congratulations on your baby. That's incredible. And, dude, you saw... A dog man slash moth man. Yeah, yeah but this right. thing is like shape-shifting for the shape-shifting. person. Yeah, Nick, you got to sure. contact Linda S. Godfrey and mm-hmm. tell her this story and get you your do. friend. And and I think Linda's going to do a good job of recording this story. She's the author. You know, she's been on the show, if you've listened, mm-hmm. of uh, – uh, well, I got all the books right over here. Um, I Know What I Saw, um, American Monsters. Uh, she's the woman who co- coined the phrase, uh, the 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 name, the Beast of Bray Road. Yeah. Um, weird. Now, here's the other thing. I went to your website while I was listening to this, and the the imagery that you've created for this entity, um, it's it's that pair that page is gone. So I we want some visual aid. Send us visual aid so we can uh this one i really want an eyewitness drawing like the dover demon or something you know what i mean i want your notes for michael are work on that website nick work on that website (laughs) it seems a little dated um i clicked imagery and it took me to a very mid-2000s page about snowboarding so nick just help me out here i know you're a talented artist so send us some imagery of what this cryptid is because it should you know what we should put it in the annals of cryptid history. Let's get it up there. Let's get the hell demon out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michael, I think you said it shapeshifter. That's what I was thinking. I mean, 
you know, something's on that road. A glamour. Like, out it's too, it's a, yeah, a glamour. It's not yeah. a shapeshifter. It's a glamour. So it's what it's like. It. It's like Pennywise, right? In mm-hmm. in it, where whatever it, it's 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 projecting your own mind's eye of whatever it is. You know what I yeah. mean? It's sort of based on the user's interaction. This guy saw a bat. This guy saw a like cat head on a dog. Somebody might see a weird snake. Someone might see a Mothman. Mm. Uh, but the thing that's weird about a Bryce is, I mean, obviously from the rest of it is the glowing red eyes. Yeah. What's up with yeah. those glowing yeah. red eyes? Well, you know, look, I, you know, I know from, from work on, my work on Expedition Bigfoot, uh, <laughs> there are animals of the night who, you know, have an extra layer behind their behind their eye called tapetum lucidum, which reflects light back. But it sounds like that's not what this was. And when we were out in the field and we captured that eye shine, too, that was not a reflection of that extra layer of, of eye. It was like, like he said, the exact words, something, it was a glowing red eyes powered by on its own it was just like this glow like this hell glow it's fucking crazy i don't know hell glow put it on the that's the track list hell glow that's a track Great. track title hell glow done i'll take it that's like that song's about like glowing after sex with someone that you know is bad for you <laughs> hell glow song number seven on uh bad shat bj and the shadow bats album number three there we go great wow Awesome story, Nick. Let's get it to Linda as Godfrey, and let's get some uh, visual uh, uh, aids for this creature. I want to take a look at what this thing is. Great story, though. Well done, Nick. Yeah, yeah thank you so right. much for sending us. Listen, if you're going to write us a long story, make it that good. Okay, everybody? <laughs> and we need your L files at Bigfoot Collector. Uh, write into at Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. Excuse me. Yeah. All right. It's time for plugs, boys. What do you got? Riley. I mean, the Spindrift album finally came out two years later. Hell yeah. It, it is now live on all. It's in your phone. Like, all you have to do is go Spindrift Classic Soundtracks Volume 3. And there it is in your phone. And you can listen to it. And honestly, I'm really excited about it. I'm really proud of it. I love my band so much. I love my record label so much. I got to co-produce this album with Jello Biafra, who's like truly one of my like punk rock teenage heroes. Like, wow, this was like amazing for me. And I truly like I stand by this record. I think it's really fun. It features members of the band as this band goes back for like 20 years, which is crazy. I haven't been in this band for 20 years, but this band goes back for 20 years. So it's a it's a fun record. Check it out. A Spindrift Classic Centrix Volume 3 on all the streamers. And also, if you want to, you can Great. still order a limited edition color vinyl. There are uh, people who want that vinyl. They've I, they've written in asking, yeah. is the vinyl still available? It's still available. There's a, there's some left. They are actually selling out pretty rapidly, but there's a few left. And it is at alternativetentacles.com. Show to releases. Know, click on things. Look at the other stuff too. Our label mates are amazing. The Darts are a, a all female punk rock band on our mm-hmm. label that are so good. Check them out. And, you know, it's just you know support support musicians. I don't know. It's a weird time. It's been a couple weird years, but yeah, the album's out. And that's my pitch. Enjoy it, please. There you Great. go. Well done, Bryce. What do you got? 
Well, I, I have a little bit of more information on the release of Expedition Bigfoot Season 3. We know it's going to be March 20th, but get this. Not only is it going to air on Discovery Plus, uh, Discovering Discovery's pay-for-play platform, but it's also going to be at its home travel channel. So yes. it will be airing on both Linear and Discovery Plus Pay. So Great. you will be awesome. able to see it. Uh, really excited about that airing on both Travel Channel and Discovery and Plus. a March very cool announcement they made on Instagram as of today, this recording. Yes, yes. We are going to open up the series with a conversation with none other than Dr. Jane Goodall. That's, that's right. Our that's very awesome. own, fucking our very own awesome. Maria Mayer sits me? down and talks Bigfoot with Jane Goodall. That dude. is so fucking cool, dude. That is so exciting. <laughs> I, I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Just yeah, to, for just for that, like what a what a moment. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It it, it yes. is. It does feel like a moment, and it's something we're all very proud of. And and listen, you'll hear as we all will. You know. She's not a disbeliever, man. You know, she is. That's why she came on our show. She thinks there's something to this uh, phenomenon. I know you can't say too much. Do are we going to get are we going to dig any more into the DNA that they found in the nest in Kentucky? I believe it was. It was like similar to the chimp DNA or like an unknown primate. Yeah. Well, what do you have to do with scientific results? You have what to, do I have to do with them? You have to repeat them. So yes, there will be Judge more. Judge them based on, on Facebook those. posts. <laughs> yeah. I guess if I'm an ornithologist, defend myself like crazy against Bryce Johnson. This guy is full of what contradictions. Jay Goodall's here, but an yeah. ornithologist yeah. who tells me these birds didn't hit an invisible well, spaceship. Jane Goodall's, Jane Goodall's down for Bigfoot. If this ornithologist would have thrown in the word UFO in there, Jane Goodall had ain't my no attention. Hashtag ornithologist for UFOs. Hit us up if you are a believer. Um, Okay, great. Awesome. I honestly can't wait for that. We've had to wait a little while for season three, so I'm excited that we're getting it soon. Um, Speaking of soon, my new podcast, Slate Your Name, is going to launch. I think I can say this. Hard date. Tuesday, March first oh wow um, nice i'm yes. very excited about this my very first guest on the, so slate your name is going to be me talking with other actors and performers about the entertainment industry and navigating the highs and lows of 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 working in this business and my very first guest will be none other than rachel bloom my awesome. former boss and co-star awesome. from crazy ex-girlfriend um and i have a great fucking conversation with rachel we have some awesome actors lined up um including bryce johnson we'll have an episode within the first month um so that's also going to be coming from campfire media so you can find it anywhere that you want uh i'm not sure as of this recording if i'll have anything in place yet but you can follow the podcast uh at slate your name pod on instagram and slate pod on twitter um but Keep your ears peeled. There should be. There might even be a trailer playing in this episode for that. I'm very, very excited. I've been working on this for months now. Um, So it's going to be coming out very soon. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. 
I That's really enjoyed our conversation, and, and the fans of the Bigfoot Collectors Club will duly enjoy both podcasts. You're such an incredible host, and and uh, yeah, man, I just loved our conversation. I think people are going to love your your new endeavor, man. Congratulations, Thanks, man. dude. So awesome. I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys, uh, that wraps up this week's episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Until mm-hmm. next week, good you night. Know what's new. Go get regressed. That's right. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.